Let the truth be told. Hi, I am Iria Enachimio. I hope you have noticed my new logo and I hope you like it. I want to tell you a story, but first the preamble that is longer than the story itself. From the beginning of time, individuals have changed the trajectory of the destinies of men for good or evil. We named some of them prophets, saints, tyrants, or dictators as we deemed appropriate. We have sought to know the motives for their decisions and their actions, sought to know how or why they succeeded or failed, and often we have blamed God or the devil for their success or failure, but mostly we have denied ourselves credit when we could not proudly claim any of the consequences for the roles we played, our own actions or inaction. We do the same things over and over again and expect the results to be favorably different. Government may act like a machine, sound like a machine, but government is not a machine. The constitution is its nuts and bolts. The law, the rules determine how it moves, which way it turns. The institutions are its limbs, its spine, and its skeleton over which flesh houses them. But its brain which directs its functions, its nerves, its veins, and the very blood that flows through them are people. They are its soul, its breath, its life itself. Government is defined by its people. In turn, government defines and is symptomatic of its people. It is not a machine, but an embodiment of the people quartered, quartered or balkanized by it. The barrier of people must bear responsibility for every action it takes, not just the head, but all of the body. When each person blames the other, then no one takes responsibility and the system crashes. Nature abhors a vacuum. When a house is abandoned, spiders and rodents take over and eventually the house collapses. Let me tell you a story, the kind they used to tell us when we were young. And after the story, the teacher would ask, what does the story teach you? Today's kids don't get to hear these kinds of stories. Once upon a time, I want to tell you a story. Not story oh. I want to tell you a story. Not story oh. Enough is story. Very, very Fela and Nicola Kokuti. I know where your story is going. Open and close. <laughs> Thank you. Don't worry. I opened this story myself and I intend to close it. Once upon a time, the body held a caucus meeting and engaged itself in heated argument. The stomach accused the throat of not making delivery on time, and the throat blamed the mouth for it. Ah, you ingrate! Is that my fault? Why don't you ask the hand? The hand was furious. You shut up or I slap you. Did the legs take me to the food on time? And the leg said, why should I? I walk up and down making these deliveries and what do I get? You take it from me. The mouth swallows it and when it gets to the stomach, that's the end of it. Every part of the body had its complaint and they all of one accord decided to revolt. And so it was that only a few days into the strike, hunger circulated around the entire body and each part began to recognize that what reaches the stomach eventually nourishes the eyes and the ears, and they all of one accord returned to work diligently and lived happily ever after. 
What lesson does the story teach? For one thing, it says that a nation is one body and that every functional part is vital. Everyone matters. Besides, if the members had not held each other to account, where would accord come from? We, the people, must hold our leaders to account. The world is very different today from what it was when I was young. We have faster planes, faster trains. The internet has shrunk the world to the size of the keyboard on a mobile phone. But the things that tear humanity apart grow larger by the day. Today, the dividing lines that separate us grow even thicker as power equations get increasingly complex. Color remains viable currency as racial segregation refuses to disappear. Like the HIV virus, religion continues to destroy all immune systems that would have prevented the ills that ravage human coexistence. There is greed. Individual and collective greed. But now we can see clearly that in despite of all the dividing lines, humanity is the same everywhere. There are good guys and there are bad guys. Everywhere. An Abacha, a Hitler, an Idi Amin or Mobutu may blend into the landscape in Nigeria, the Congo, and even America. There are leaders and there are rulers. Everywhere. Today, True heroes and those who defy the temptation to clean out the commonwealth walk the streets in rags, scorned by convicted felons and society's villains. Those who rub the till get the front row seats in places of worship and are celebrated, glorified, honored, awarded titles and inducted into halls of fame for bleeding their nations to death. To loud applause from admiring crowds of society's gatekeepers. Law enforcers, self-proclaimed God's generals and miracle workers, and clans of greedy elders. Madmen and bigots rule the minds of men, and the idea that humanity can self-destruct at the press of a button is becoming a matter of whim. How did things get this way? Perhaps nothing changed, really. Things may have always been like this, in perhaps different proportions. The more things seem to change, the more they remain the same. Didn't the Christ have to chase money lenders and thieves out of the synagogue? Did the Jews not ask for Barabbas, a murderer, to be released instead of Jesus? Did King David, God's own chosen, not take Uriah's wife by sending Uriah to his death in the front line of battle? These are stories that come straight off the pages of the Bible. Always, there have been rogues and vagabonds, good men and saints. And there have been usurpers and abdicators, dictators and tyrants. Perhaps man has always been dubious, duplicitous. But what in the nature of man determines which of these he becomes? Are we born to be or made to be? When you watch children at play, watch them interact. You must conclude that every man has capacity to do good or evil. And that the things we do. We do as a result of the choices we make. We merely become who we turn out to be. The good, the bad, or the ugly. Is it nature or nurture that is responsible? Who can swear to which? Why do some nations beget noble men and others, tyrants, dictators who overturn the will of millions of other men? You don't need Google for an answer. One man cannot subjugate millions. He must have collaborators. 
and the silent acquiescence of the majority. The man dies in all who keep silent in the face of tyranny, said the Nobel laureate Woloshenka. Society has only one choice, to adhere to its rituals of equitable and harmonious coexistence. These rituals are set with good intention in the constitutions of nations, in the laws and codes by which the people should be bonded or set against each other. Government is the arrowhead of this construct, its manifestation, but the people are its spirit, its life. A people deserve the government they get. If we the people do not hold our leaders to account, we have only ourselves to blame for bad government. If we do not vote during elections, or sell our votes for a loaf of bread and a tin of sardines, we have only ourselves to blame if our representatives ride roughshod over us. It's that simple. The bully never relents. The tyrant never relents. He feeds and grows on your cowardice. The more silent you are, the bolder he becomes. Thank you for listening. Please join me every two weeks for a brand new episode of this podcast. Let the truth be told. And make sure to subscribe, follow, and to share the podcast. Take care and stay safe.